0: Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another podcast episode of Ask a Black Woman. We got to catch up, fam. Yes. Um, I know it's been a couple of weeks um, because, you know, I've been real busy. Um, As you know, I had one more performance of my solo show called Ask a Black Woman on September 28th. So um, all trains were moving in that direction. And I'm happy to report it went by just as fantastic as I prayed that it would. Um, We had a great turnout and we took it back to the basics of how the whole entire platform began with the street series. We gave calls. Cards to people as they entered the theater and they uh, were able to ask put their questions on it so after the show we did a Q&A they just threw out the questions to me live rapid fire just like I used to do on the streets over two years ago so that was fun and it actually rained it rained on the day of the show but LA came out if you know anything about the little bit of drizzle that LA could get occasionally that could just damper everything but I'm so glad people still came out so that's the report on that don't want to be long-winded definitely want to take a pause for the cause and acknowledge some big things and black culture that has happened since I last did an episode for y'all a few weeks ago let's just acknowledge the fact that the Queen Mother, Diane Carroll, just passed a few days ago. She is a pioneer on television specifically. Um, she uh, was the first um, black woman to lead in a role on television that wasn't uh, a servant role in the television Julia Okay, that is she 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 broke ground. Beautiful, always a class act. And let might I add, I want to just give a big shout out to my uncle who first introduced me to her works on television when Excuse me, on, in, in film um, in the movie Claudine he introduces this to Claudine I, w- I shall never ever forget so as you can imagine you've probably seen it on your social media feed all the clips of, of, of Claudine going down um, it's just, just just fantastic work and then of course we do remember her as Dominique Devereaux on Dynasty you know before long before people started using the words petty Etc., you could have a verbal catfight with your million dollar entourage and your clothes. And she was going toe to toe uh, with Alexis Carrington. So let's just leave that there again. Ashe, ashe to the Queen Mother Diane Carroll for what she left us with. And now let us also acknowledge the brother, the big brother, who's done something history. Uh, in the making in my lifetime and that's Mr. Tyler Perry for opening up his very own studio lot which I'm told is big enough to fit all the major lots inside of and still have some room. He has bought A 300 plus acre um, piece of land that used to belong to the Confederate Army. Let's just let that sit and marinate. That's big stuff. Can we just acknowledge that this brother made made a lot of money. And it took discipline and prowess and strategy to save the money so he can own it outright. And the fact he did the class act of having his own stars walks of fame for the people who've been in his productions throughout. He has studios that are that are named after our prolific people. So, I just had to open up with that. It's been too much going on in black culture not to open up and recognize it. And now, speaking of black culture, that's a perfect segue into the show what we're going to talk about. When white people become so-called masters of black culture. Ow! Come on back after the break, y'all. Yo, and thanks for coming back as we begin this podcast episode from Ask a Black Woman. This episode is called When White People Are, quote unquote, experts of black culture. So this episode was prompted uh, um, from something that happened a couple of weeks ago. I went to a, a, an event uh, where the, the majority of the attendees were black people, and it was a great celebration. And I ran into an associate of mine who happened to be attending with her um, her white friend, and. Um, uh, we ended up sitting together throughout the event and um vibes were good um and um, his demeanor and his posture came across as how should I say um real chill real mellow real mellow um and um throughout the course of making conversation um uh, as the as the night went on um he uh, we i we we under, came to know that he um how should i say he 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 had been exposed to a great deal of black culture um throughout his life and and I thought, okay, exposure, right, thought that was fascinating. And then um, he began to reveal that uh, it wasn't just that he was exposed, but as a profession, one of the things that he does is a lot of research, particularly particularly on hip hop. Um, As a matter of fact, he has a couple of years on me in age. And so that was very fascinating to me uh, because when at this event they began to play some throwback hip hop, I was so happy. And I had commented and said, I'm so glad, you know, because it could have easily went trap, you know, in here, even for our age group. And, uh, and so the door was open where I was like, okay, this is a guy where I can have a conversation with. And of course, you know, um, it's fascinating when someone who is not black, not just has an interest in black culture, but they have a little bit of knowledge of it. So we can have a you know conversation and especially if there is an appreciation for it, a respect for it. So what 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 happened that that made me kind of mm, side eye was when he began to question my knowledge and or my preferences for certain material or artists. Now at this table there happened to be um, another girl who was from Chicago and so he asked if, you know, what, who was the best female rapper out of Chicago and who was the best male rapper out of Chicago. And I'm not going to give y'all a question. Well, y'all like, will, because y'all be like, why not tell me? So I had said that for me, it was the brat. And then I said that it was common. And um, every time I made those responses, it was his, the subtle and the not, uh, in the, in the not so subtle. So he just kind of like looked at me and was like, mm, you know, and he began to, uh, we talked about, um, so that that's how it started. It was, was him looking at me sideways because of my preference. A, you know, because I chose those artists. Um, and I, I'm a Chicago girl, mind you. And then, um, he, we talked about the difference between today's rappers that seem to be very blatant and not possess the the lyrical capacity or show the lyrical prowess that we grew accustomed to um, in our golden age of hip hop, so to speak, right? And he did make a very good point. It was so eloquent. I'll try my best to paraphrase it. Um, he basically said that um, that hip hop is reflecting the times it's reflecting the state of the people that is this being marketed to you know and so i was like yes and amen to that good 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 um but then um i i brung up somehow or another i brung up the fact that we still had the same kind of rap when i was a shorty um too short was just as vulgar as anybody that I could think of, and I and I confess that uh, how impressionable I was um, around you know sixth grade, I could literally recite. I don't know how I got my hands on the too short cassette tape, but I could recite that uh, his lyrics backwards, frontwards, you name it. And to show off my prowess in this arena, I ended up going up to a, a older teenage boy at my church who I was crushing on, and I wanted to seem cool. And I spit some two short raps to him. And he looked at me and was like, yo, I guess that's what you're learning in Sunday school. Oh, can you say salty? That's a sad bar. You can have your laugh on on my expense. But uh, so I and I brung that up. And I said, you know, they were putting money into that kind of stuff. You know, they've always put money into the the negative stuff um, and not necessarily the good stuff. And then he went on to say, but what about two short song, The Ghetto, and all of that. And I was like, I'm very, very familiar with The Ghetto and, and everything like that. I, I know that song. And he was like literally telling me, no, look it up and go watch the video. And are you? do you remember the lyrics? And I mean, and when he went there, I felt like he felt like he was, quote unquote, taking me to school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, dude, not only did I know the lyrics to the ghetto i was living in the ghetto you understand so i'm like i don't have to pull up the ghetto to know that know that and then he began to throw out the 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 statistics of you know the the receipts i should say of how much money was spent on the video like he said that the records actually the record companies actually did put uh invested into two shorts um material that wasn't vulgar Um, but i'm like i don't know what you're talking about too short was primarily known for the nasty stuff where i was from so that threw me back and um, as i was driving home that evening i was like i didn't like that (laughs) i didn't like it i didn't like it and it made me feel some kind of way uh, so, um, when we come back from the break, I'm going to propose some questions um, about that, about when you, us being in situations or coming across white people who um, have an insight and inroad of any sort to our culture and how th- we're judged about what we know in their eyes and how they may feel superiority Um, when it comes to these things, oh yeah, we're going to go there today. Come on back. Come on back y'all. All All right, we back. Let's talk about it, fam. We're back. Let's talk about, um, how we feel about when white people, uh, purport themselves to be experts in black culture so let's let's just start off with how I left off in the last segment yo shout out to him for being a researcher of hip-hop right um shout out to the people who are not black who respect and appreciate I get all that I'm not going to be an apologist on my podcast right um but what I don't appreciate is hey fam I'm from Chicago I, I listen I don't care what you think, what your research say. Um, it don't negate what my opinions are. It don't negate the effect of the two artists that I said was the best in the game. We can go back and forth. Um, uh, listen, uh, I don't care what your research say. Um, I it don't matter to me. What I'm trying to say is, is that I don't. Uh, you can't tell me um, what I've lived. You feel me? Um, I don't have to go and do research. For things about my culture like to to have a valid point like what i don't like and 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 here's the thing people don't have to yell and have because we didn't have a back and forth we was sitting there having dinner we was sitting there just as chill and everything like that. But but you you do understand undertone of when people think that they're better than you or they have an upper hand on you um because of some things. Now, I'm not trying to be um the hip hop researcher. That ain't my calling. You know what I'm saying? But you can't tell me from a sister who was who wasn't coming of age in hip-hop like I don't know my stuff like I don't have a valid point about things and that's the thing that gets me right because as black people we're real open like we have a in general we are very open to other people coming in and adapting our stuff for the most part right we should be we share the videos of the the dorky white guy that's uh like a um uh uh he's like a news reporter somewhere i think in north or south carolina and he he'd be going viral with his little funny videos and stuff like that and Um, we think we we go out and support people like what's his name Sam something that go out and they sing our music and everything we we for the most part we we're bedazzled when people come in our culture and they seem to do it like do it well Um, I just saw a video of this um, young white man who is a part of a marching band at a high school that's predominantly black in the south I want to say it's Mississippi and he like leading it like you know like how Jackson State University their um, um, marching band does all all the way our brothers do with the swag like dude got the moves down like down and they got this white guy in the middle of it and, you know, it's a fascination thing, right? Like, dude, like how they come in and they can, they can master the moves and everything. But as I was saying about the video um, of the white girls who um, went viral for mimicking, I should say, and poorly, uh, our uh, black collegiate women who do their thing as the the dancers of the marching band right you y'all, y'all ever been to or saw video of an hbcu specifically how our sisters just get down there's nothing with the way they sway the way they walk the way they strut the way they move their bodies all of it everything that was in in beyonce's coachella performance um uh, last year all of that, that 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 the swag that we bring it, it is cult it ain't told like you could get our moves and so what what I'm not a big fan of though is like I think because we can be open to a very large extent uh it o it, it opens the breeding ground for people to come in and basically not respect us like people of um, um, other cultures think because they have an inroad or inside or dating somebody that's that's black or whatever that that they 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 <laughs> I don't know that they the master that thing and I'm trying to say sit down some damn where like it, it it incensed me to think that he was negating um me uh as a black woman about black culture and I caught that subtlety and I wanted to bring it to light and and, and I'm glad that um right now we have I can see where people are speaking up when we see people who exploit the culture right who are culture vultures, and I know we talked about culture appropriation, but this was just a different, dude wasn't showing up in baggy pants or nothing like that or whatever, uh, he wasn't, it was, it was a conversation, right, and, but it was the, 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 the subtlety and the nuance of the mannerism and the air about his delivery that, that I picked up, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't ignore vibe. You can't ignore that that underneath it. And so even if you are not racist, even if you are dating someone seriously that's black, you if you white and you listening to this, you get check yourself. Check yourself, humble yourself to, to see the areas where you might be taking your or abusing, I should say, your privilege of being a part of our community in any kind of way. Um, Or your inroad to it, and thinking that get to a point where you have an arrogance about you because it's insulting, okay? And I ain't liking it, and I'm pretty sure my people that's listening to it ain't liking it either. You feel me? On the flip, I mean, like I, I I would never think that I have the right to, for example. Um, When I first moved here to Los Angeles, I lived in the little Tokyo area for the first two years. I joined um, the Minyo Odori um, dance group. I was the only black woman in that group. Everybody else was Japanese, right? And I don't, listen, humbly say I had a great time. They welcomed me with open arms. Um, But just because I danced with the Minyo Odori group does not make me an expert in in their in their culture by a long shot even if i had married sensei's son or something like that it don't mean a thing and i think that the the most the best example i have of someone who's entrenched in the culture but exudes an an attitude of humility is sister martha nishinaka i, I did not even plan to even mention her but it just made me think of it um uh, martha is actually uh, latina And um, but she's been married to a Japanese man for at least 20 years. You feel me? And um, but she is recognized in the Japanese culture for her contributions and and for everything. Like she's a sweetheart. Right. And she. Basically brought me in to a larger extent, and she, she has a genuine love for people of all backgrounds, having an understanding and appreciating one, one's culture. And um, I, I, I would venture to say that I would never, and I don't think that the Japanese community would have enveloped her if Martha um, did not have a humility. Um, for her involvement in their community right I'm pretty sure Martha knows a ton about Japanese culture from being married to a Japanese man from dancing with that group for many years for being um, a part of a, a Japanese church for many years I'm pretty sure she knows a lot but I don't think she's sitting at the table with those elders acting like she know every doggone thing, right? I don't think she she has a humble posture. So, um, hey, I want to know how y'all feel about it, fam. Like, have you, have you noticed? Have you paid attention to that? What's your take on it? What was your approach to it? You know what I'm saying? Like, here I was having um, an after effect um, on the way home, like, It just hit me like what was that about Uh uh-huh uh-huh so i thought i would bring it to you guys and that's today's question on the floor that's today's story on the floor so-called experts in the culture no humility yo i'm about to shut this down right now um it's literally three days shy of my birthday uh glad to be on the cusp of another year around the sun and um peace and love thank you so much for your for your support of the podcast yo i want to let y'all know um it's on one and upward yours truly will be performing the ask a black woman one woman show for the infringe festival in new orleans y'all i will be performing that bad boy on november 8th 9th and 10th but i'll be there for like a week So New Orleans, folks, I want to see you there, man. Let me see you there in the building. If you got comments, holla back and have a fantastic Wednesday. I'll.